Time now for Buck Banter with your host, Alpine ISD Superintendent, Dr. Michelle Reinhardt. Good morning, Alpine, and good morning, Martin. How are you today? I am doing wonderful, Michelle. Thank you for coming in today. Absolutely. Welcome back, everyone, to Buck Banner. I'm Dr. Michelle Reinhardt, Superintendent of Schools here in Alpine ISD. It is Friday, June 23rd, and we're back for our last Buck Banner of June, which is wild. We'll be back again in two weeks, uh, beginning of July, and we're already kind of making that transition from wrapping up last school year and looking ahead to next school year. We thought the school year went by fast. The summer's going by even faster. It always does. It always does. So three topics that we'll discuss today. We're going to talk about a really exciting fundraiser we're doing for school supplies. So we'll start there in just a minute. Also share some updates with y'all about our budget for the 2023-2024 school year. We are a July 1 fiscal year, which means that our budgets roll over June 30th, July 1 every year. So I'll give you some updates there. And then talk about some exciting curriculum changes that are coming in our K-5 through classrooms for next school year. So let's jump in first. So we're going to talk about school supplies fundraiser first, but I want to back up and talk about in previous weeks, we've discussed the Alpine Public Education Fund. This is a new charitable and fundraising arm of Alpine ISD that we've launched in the last three months. Um, It is a philanthropic fund that is set up through the Permian Basin Area Foundation, acronym PBAF. And PBAF is an organization that's focused on matching donors who care with causes that matter. And they've been an amazing organization organization to help us kind of launch this fund to bring additional money into Alpine ISD for all the reasons that we've talked about in many of our previous shows. So in just the last three months, we've already fully funded a number of projects thanks to PBAF and local donors. And so you'll hear more about the Alpine Elementary Library renovation that's ongoing right now, opening in the fall, Um, Angel Meals accounts, which has paid off any overdue balances for breakfast and lunch for students throughout the school year, and then a new Alpine Reads program that we'll be launching in September, all fully funded um, thanks to that um, Alpine Public Education Fund, which we're so excited about. Which brings us to this one. So our next major project, Martin, is school supplies for 2023-2024. Can't get enough of them. Oh, teachers and students both. But what usually happens is we'll release school supply lists sometime in the summer, and then parents go buy all of those things, right? I need this pack of crayons and this, and I need this this, a blue folder and a red folder and I can't find an orange one what am I going to do and all those things and oftentimes we have to go out of town to get those right or order online and uh, ordering school supplies online is not nearly as cheap as ordering them in store because you don't get the same discounts Um, but the cost for those lists can be anywhere from $50 to $100 per student and if you've got more than one student that can be pretty expensive it does it absolutely can and then think about the the record-setting inflation we've been going through right in our households over the last few years. And so our vision for this year is we kind of set this this ambitious goal last year about could we raise enough money to purchase school supplies for every single Alpine ISD student. Oh, nice. And I think so. I think we can do it. We're not there yet, but we've got a really good start, and that's what I wanted to share with everyone today. So imagine this year in August on back-to-school night, the which is like the week before school, instead of all of our students bringing their um, school supplies to school that week when they do meet the teacher, what if when they come to meet the teacher, they come kind of empty-handed, and instead all of their school supplies are waiting there for them? And that's what we would like to make happen for our entire community. So let's talk turkey. 
Um, how much does that cost? What does it cost to buy school supplies for 950 students? About $30,000. Adds up quickly. It adds up quickly. And that's even a reduced rate. That's about like $32 per kid, but we can buy in bulk and um, et cetera in order to save costs versus having all of our parents buy these resources. So that's our goal. $30,000 we're trying to raise uh, before the school year starts so we can buy school supplies for everybody. Let me tell you about our progress so far. So um, Alpine ISD committed $10,000 in district funds and put this into next year's budget. And so that got us a third of the way there, which was a, a strong start. And then just yesterday, Martin, I was so excited about this. This like wasn't even true until yesterday at 3 o'clock. Permian Basin Area Foundation committed to a $10,000 donation for this project, which is such a blessing. And so, y'all, we are already two-thirds of the way there. We're at $20,000 out of $30,000, and that leaves us with just $10,000 to fundraise locally, and I know we can do it. And so my team's already working on what kind of event can we host, how can we work with some of our um, businesses and community organizations that have helped raise money or raise supplies in the past. And so you'll see more information from us next week about um, ways that businesses and locals can be part of this initiative to make sure that every student receives um, their school supplies for next year paid for um, through our local donors. In the meantime, if this is something that your organization has helped with before and you would like to help again, please reach out to me. You can find my information on the Alpine ISD um, website. Also, our Alpine ISD uh, Permian Basin, sorry, our Alpine Public Education Fund is always accepting um, donations. You can find information about that on our website as well. So, Martin, I'm just going to speak this into existence. At a future show of Buck Banner, I'm really excited when we get to make a big announcement to all of our families that we will be able to fully fund their kids' school supplies for next year. I think it's definitely doable. I think so, too. I think so, too. So um, let's pivot from there to talking about budget. And I think this project we were just talking about, school supplies, is such a great example of the work we're doing to bring in additional funding. We know, you, you know the section I'm about to talk about, budget, it's tight, there's going to be a deficit. And so the school supplies project is a great example of um, people coming together and leveraging community resources to provide things that otherwise our state underfunded school just can't provide. So let's talk budget. First, I'm going to kind of wrap up um, the 2022-23 school year, which on our books closes out in about seven days, okay? So uh, as we wrap up 22-23, we are wrapping up with a slight deficit budget, about $100,000. You might say like, since when is $100,000 slight? Um, that is a big number in everyday life, but $100,000 is small as compared to our total budget of $11 million. And it's also less than our projected deficit from the start of the school year. We actually entered the school year with a projected deficit of $300,000. And so we've made good progress over the year um, to cut that deficit down, which has been really positive. Yeah, it could have been much worse. It could have been much worse, right? Now, um, I'm going to talk about some of the drivers that have resulted in kind of where we ended up this year. So negative drivers in terms of drivers that cost us money, if you will. Um, number one, record-setting inflation. Anywhere from 17% to 35% more in some of our main categories, fuel, insurance, food costs. That's the inflation that we're seeing in those areas over the past four years, which has been really, um, really staggering and something that, you 
know, fixed costs that we have to uh, pay. Also, last year, we approved a much needed pay raise for our support staff positions. And so, again, much, much needed, but that added to our um, total budget as well. Um, our attendance did increase this past year, which is great. That was a big focus of ours. We increased from about 92.7% to 93.4%, but it didn't increase to our pre-COVID levels, which was about 96%. So we'll continue to work on that. We're heading in the right direction, uh, but not as big of a jump as we were really hoping for. And then we also did make some um, investments in some different deferred maintenance across the district just to try to bring things up after um, years and in some cases decades of not being able to fund those updates. So those all cost us a little bit of money, but there were some positives in the budget as well, which is always welcome. Um, I guess the, the only upside perhaps of high inflation is that interest rates are higher as well. And so our savings accounts did generate more interest than we'd projected. Um, and then also with some of our reimbursements from Medicaid and some of our special programs came back a little higher than expected. And really, you know, I can't thank our CFO Clay Braden enough for the conservative fiscal management he leads across the district. That's another way that we were able to come in um, under budget. I mean, under budget, if you will, with a from lower deficit. Correct, deficit, a lower yes. deficit, if you yes. will, than projected. So all of those factors combined to help us end the year slightly better than projected. That doesn't mean that we transitioned into finally being a well-funded district, but we're not having to dip into as much of our savings as we might have. And so overall, we will take that um, as a win. So let's talk about looking ahead. And when I say looking ahead, I'm looking ahead like seven days because our new budget starts July 1st. Next week. That's right. And this is how school finance works. These budgets are worked on for months and months and months and months. And then you approve them kind of the week right before um, right before they start. Another reason that that decision is done as late as possible is especially in a legislative session, waiting to see from the state what is the new state funding. And we won't go into all that. You can listen to last week's show to find out that there's none. Basically, none. And so we're working with what we have um, for next year. So looking ahead, we're still in what's called budget workshop. Our school board had a meeting this past Wednesday where we really dug into um, what the budget looks like for next year. What are the different drivers? What are our concerns? Um, and then next, this coming Wednesday, I should say, Wednesday, June 28th, we will have another school board meeting where we'll finalize the budget and there will be a board vote. So it kind of gives you the overview. So what is the board looking at right now? The board continues to consider a much needed compensation increase for our teachers. So as we talked about last week, our teacher pay here in Alpine is $9,000 below the regional average. And so we're looking, uh, the board is considering a $3,000 increase for, um, for our teachers. Again, that won't make uh, us one of the highest paying districts, but it's a good first step towards getting at least to that average level. We were hoping to fund this um, staff, uh, sorry, teacher salary increase with state funds. Um, as I mentioned earlier, none of that came through. And so we might need to fund this locally on a one-year basis while we continue to uh, put pressure on the state about fully funding public education. So with that, we have a couple other um, parts of our compensation plan, things like increasing from eight 
um, paid days off to 10 paid days off. That actually aligns with what other school districts do. Um, looking at extending the bottom of our salary schedule, here's what that means. Teachers earn a step increase for each year of service from years zero through 25. But once you've taught for 25 years, you don't earn any additional step increase. And so some of our, uh, we, have, we have many experienced teachers in the district who haven't had a step increase in years. And so what we're looking at doing is increasing our steps from 25 years of service down to 30 years of service. So oh, that would be good. other uh, kind of components of our compensation plan that the board's considering. So all in with some of those uh, possible compensation plans, we're looking at a projected deficit that could be very close to zero dollars, but it could be up to $300,000. That should sound familiar. That's kind of where we started last year as well. Um, and so the board will be wrestling with those different um, kind of ideas and then um, deciding on what our final budget is. But we do project a deficit that is um, very uh, similar to what you're seeing in school districts across the state right now. Again, a big driver of that has been inflation with no increase in school funding since 2019. So what I want to pause us here, though, is this. And this, this part, I think, will be eye-opening, but I hope it maddens you as much as it maddens me. This is not, we're not talking politics this week. I cut that from the show. It'll be back in a future week, I'm sure. But I want to explain how some of the major swing factors are at, that are at play that might change this deficit mid-year, out of the blue. And this, these are some of the factors that this is the environment we work in in school finance, if you will. So first, I'll start with an analogy. When uh, we're talking with our um, district's financial advisor about our budgeting process, here was his tongue-in-cheek, y'all, tongue-in-cheek um, uh, advice to us about how to decide on our total budget and what that deficit or, you know, total and number will be. And he said, go ahead and put blindfolds on each of your board members, spin them around, and then give <laughs> everyone a dart, hopefully like a like a soft tip dart here, and then just throw it at the wall and see what number it lands on, right? And so you might think like, is that is that how schools budget? No, that is not how schools budget. But as you, you'll see from these next two areas, that's kind of what ends up happening because mid-year we get hit with huge financial changes. So let me tell you what those look like. In January of 2024, so this is halfway through our budget year, we will find out how much money we will lose due to CAD comptroller disputes for 2023. And so at that point, we find out, do we lose 300,000 like we did this year? Do we lose 600,000 like we did the year before? Martin just winced, y'all, which that's fair for that number, you know? Or best case scenario, do we not lose any money and do we get our full amount that we're supposed to receive? But we don't find that out till January. And so we have in our budget a prediction of how much we'll lose, but we won't know for sure until then. Here's another area that uh, has a big swing associated with it. It's called the Formula Transition Grant. We've talk, talked about this before in previous shows. And it, is, it was designed in 2019 for schools like Alpine ISD that actually lost money when the state increased school funding in 2019 with the then House Bill 3. Okay, so across the state, almost every school district got more money, except about 100 of us, and Alpine was one of those. Weren't we lucky? Weren't we lucky? That is true. And so this grant, Formula Transition Grant, was designed to at least give us the funds that we received pre-2019. It looked at, okay, if you still had that funding formula for this number of kids, you should have gotten another $300,000. Here's that from the Formula Transition Grant, okay? 
However, it's not that simple because, as you know, when the state kind of puts these Band-Aids on things, they don't always fully fund them. And so this is one that the state legislature has come back and put a statewide cap on. And they've said, yes, we will make we will make school districts whole with the funding they received before 2019. As long as we don't spend more than $400 million statewide. Okay, so as long as we spend less than that, we're good. If that would cost more than $400 million, then kind of reduce everyone's amount proportionally and you get what you get. Okay, and that has happened before. So Alpine ISD's projected formula transition grant for next year, y'all, this number should blow your mind, is $1.2 million, which means that without this grant, we would receive $1.2 million less than we would have under the old funding system, which was broken, and then they tried to fix it, and now we get even less, right? The problem is 1.2 million, that's a lot out of 400 million when there's 1,200 school districts in the state of Texas. And so what if the state reaches its cap? Then at that point, we would find out, oh, we're not getting the full 1.2, we're gonna get 200 or $300 less than allotted. Um, and then that is what it is. Now, you might be wondering, okay, well, when will we know that? Like, will we know that by next week when we make our budget? Oh, could we be that lucky? No. What is mind-blowing about this is we actually find out how much our formula transition grant is and or how much it would be reduced by in the fall after that school year is over. Martin's chuckling because you can't help but not laugh at this, but our the budget we're talking about will wrap up June 30th of 2024, and we'll find out that September or October if we got that full grant or if we have to pay back hundreds of thousands to the state, not because of something we've done, but because of the state's failure to fully fund this transition. So I say all that to say, now, now, hopefully that makes sense about our financial advisors, like, you know, your what you put on paper right now is very much a shot in the dark because there are some major swings at play um, in, in certain school districts. The two we just talked about, CAD comptroller disputes, formula transition grants, each of those affects about 100 school districts out of 1,200 across the state. And Alpine ISD is one of the lucky districts that's impacted by both. And so that's what makes our finances here particularly volatile. So plan for moving forward. Let me just overview this briefly. Uh, this came out, I, I wrote about this in the Alpine Avalanche just a, just a week or so ago. What is our plan in the, in the face of state underfunding for continuing to lead the district towards sustained finances, right? And so three-prong approach, we work hard to increase funding however we can. So our segment earlier about Permian, Base, uh, Permian Basin Area Foundation, that's part of that. Um, we've also procured over $1.5 million in new grant funding this past year, which is amazing. That helps offset salaries. That helps with new teacher stipends in ways that otherwise we couldn't afford. So increase funding however we can. Second is increase internal efficiencies. How can we do more with the less that we have, right? And so we have streamlined positions, consolidated positions based on teacher attrition, um, and there's other ways that we're working on that as well. Our third part, and you've, you've seen me, you've heard me talk about this on the show many, many times, is how do we change the rules of the game? How do we change the context? And um, how do we name and then address the inequities that exist in the state funding formula so that all school districts in Texas are adequately funded? 
So that's a little bit about where we're at budget-wise. Again, all of that will be uh, finalized within the next week, and um, and we'll continue to move forward on behalf of our community. And keep your fingers crossed. And keep our fingers crossed. Yes, sir. Okay, so let's pivot to something a little more fun to wrap up the show. We're going to talk about curriculum changes that are coming in grades K through 5. And I'll tell you what, I am a teacher through and through. I love the classroom. I love working with kids. Curriculum teaching and learning, those are all my jam and so I'm excited to talk about this for just a few minutes as we wrap up today. Um, why K through five? Let's start there. We know that the losses, the learning losses from COVID have been most compounded for our younger kids, right? There was a lot of learning about how to read that would have happened in that spring of 2020 that never got to be solidified. And then from there, kids were catching up. And then we had to close school a number of times. We had to go virtual. And there were just these pieces that compounded specifically for our younger kids. And so that's one of the reasons why the state as a whole and also locally, we have a focus on supporting K-5 instruction. How do we continue to help build strong foundations there and help kids catch up? So over the past year, Alpine ISD has received $700,000 in grant funding. This has been such a welcome infusion um, of money, again, through a grant opportunity to support new curriculum in grades K through 5, kindergarten through 5th grade, in both reading and mathematics. And we also... Um, so when we're talking about curriculum, we're talking about the resources that we use every day with kids. What are the activities? What are the books? Um, what are the uh, things we're doing together, the projects, et cetera? That's what we're talking about here. So our teachers piloted these materials last year, knowing that we were going to receive this grant and then um, implement them full, do a full implementation next year. So some grades um, implemented starting in November. Some did a unit starting in the spring so they could get more familiar with what the resources looked like and be ready for this August. What I want to talk about today is, as parents and community members, what can we expect about these materials? How do they look different than what we've done before? So let's start with reading. Let me share with you how kids don't learn to read. And this is what I used to, what I thought as a parent. So I'm a former high school math and science teacher, didn't know a bunch about reading instruction at that point. Um, had, a, had a little child and thought, I guess I just read to them every night. Like, I guess I just read to them every night and they magically learn how to read. Like, there's just a black box in there that I didn't understand how that actually worked. Now, don't get me wrong. Nightly reading matters, right? It's really important. It's necessary but not sufficient to teach kids how to read. And so the science of reading is actually pretty clear. It tells us that what helps students learn how to read is two things. Word recognition, right? Can I... Um, can I, can I decode a word, know what different sounds, what letters make different sounds, so I can actually say that word and know what word it is, recognize a word? So that's phonics instruction, right? Um, times language comprehension, which means, okay, just because I can decode a word and I know that says, I, don't, I, don't, I need an example right now. I should have brought one. But say I can decode a word um, and it says constellation. That's a really big one to de decode, but constellation. Does that mean I know what that means? So you have to have that background knowledge piece too so that once you can decode it, you know what it's talking about. Those are the two things that help kids learn how to read. And this is also called the simple view of reading because there's actually nine different subcomponents within all of that. But those are the two overarching pieces of what it takes to help kids learn to read. So in Alpine ISD, we did already have a strong phonics program, but it was a standalone program. And the new curriculum we're moving to integrates the phonics instruction into the other units. 
the curriculum we're moving to is a curriculum that is rich in science and social studies content to help kids build their background knowledge. So, for example, some of the units that our kids piloted this year were about constellations in first grade, um, Vikings, light and sound in third grade, um, insects in second grade, and using those different content areas to learn how to read. And so we're really excited about what that'll look like. I'm going to pivot quickly to math for just a minute, and then we'll wrap up. So in math, I want to start by sharing a, a comment from our, one of our first grade teachers in March, who'd been piloting these materials for about five months with her class. And she shared, I've never had my students be so strong in their numeracy so early in the year. And why is that? Because this curriculum was so rich in sense making. So I want to pause here for a second to talk about sense making in math. Like, I don't know about you, Martin, but that's not how I learned math, right? Math for me in my classes when I was young was all about memorizing. So what do we mean about math being rich in sense making? I'll give you a couple examples. Nine plus six. When I was young, maybe when you were Martin, not that we're not young now, when I was younger and you were younger, uh, nine plus six, we just had to memorize that, right? It's 15. But now, when, before kids move to what's called automaticity, knowing that from memory, they can reason to get there. Some kids will look at nine plus six and say, well, if I take one from the six and add it to the nine, that's 10. 10 plus anything, that's super easy, so that's 10 plus five, it's 15. They might think that seems pretty inefficient, right? Like, it, shouldn't you just know it? And you'll get there, you'll build to that. But that idea of being able to break apart or decompose numbers and put them back together, recompose them, has legs that extend way beyond single, uh, single digit facts. So think about 99 plus 37. Yeah. Does that same idea work? Yes. Could you take one from 37, put it on 99, that's 100. 100 plus 36, that's 136. Could you do that with 9,999 plus something versus what we learned, which is probably stack them all up and carry the ones and all that process, right? It's almost shorthand for math. It is. And it's about sense making through it so you don't have to just memorize a process that if you mess up one of those steps in that process, you can't fix your math, right? I'll give you one last example on this. First grader recently, uh, nine times six was a question he was asked. Now, multiplication actually shows up in third grade, okay? So this is a, a rising second grader. And here's how he thought about nine times six, which again, and hadn't seen that in school yet. He said, well, I know that 10 sixes is 60. So nine sixes, that's one less. So 60 minus six, that's 54. Does that work? Every time, right? And so that is what we're talking about, about building student sense-making in mathematics, and that's where this curriculum is really taking us. So I hope this little segment has given you just a taste of the exciting learning opportunities to look to, forward to for our kids starting this August. Um, as we wrap up today, I'm trying to think of, like, how do I summarize these three kind of wildly different ideas, school supplies, fundraising, budget, and then K-5 curriculum changes? And I think about something that Conley Razor told me just a few months ago. He said, you know, Alpine, we're not a rural, we're not just a rural and remote community. We are a frontier community because of our remoteness and because of our history. And he talked about, and part of that identity is that we are scrappy and we get things done for our community. And that I think is the summary or the theme across what we've talked about today is that despite underfunding, we will come together to make things happen for our kids every day. In We're going to get her done. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's our show for today. I hope everyone has a great next two weeks. We'll be back together on Friday, uh, July 6th, if I've got the right day. Um, and uh, in the meantime, thank you for all you do to support Alpine ISD and go Bucks. Thank you, Michelle.
You have been listening to Buck Banter. Buck Banter is brought to you every other Friday at this time by the Alpine ISD. Thank you.